Everlasting Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word again. We bless your name for how you have helped us and protected us, been with us from the last Bible study, even up till now. We thank you for your faithfulness, your kindness, your mercies, your steadfast love, for your provision, your protection, your grace, your wisdom, your patience with us. We say be thou glorified in Jesus' name. Even as we would be studying your word today, we ask that you would honor us with your presence. We ask that you would speak to us, O oh God, and be enough for us. Let your presence be enough for us. Let your revelation be enough for us. Let your love be enough for us. Let it carry us through this Christian journey. Let it carry us through our lives on earth. Let it carry us through to the time you come in glory in the name of Jesus. Give us your grace to always stay in your presence, always enjoy your presence, always be satisfied with your presence, oh God. And let your power that you released to us during this Bible study, break every chain that we are looking up to you to break, break every sin, every addiction, every um bondage that the enemy has put us under, every attack, Lord, let them be destroyed by your power and by your presence today, oh God. As many as will be listening in their homes, via podroom, via YouTube, via the um podcast channels we ask that you would save them and let your presence be with them as they listen oh god and check their lives for anything that doesn't bring you glory anything that is not pleasing to you oh god check their lives for this shine your light into their lives jesus and remove everything in their lives that does not bring you glory oh god Remove all those things that do not bring you glory in the lives of this one, so God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that at the end of this Bible study, oh God, we'll be excited for your plan for the end of the world, oh God. We'll be clear about it, oh God, and we'll be hopeful, oh God, looking up to that time, oh God. And you would prepare us with everything we need, oh God, to be victorious, to endure till the end, to run this race, oh God. Even though there are witnesses surrounding us, the witnesses around us, help us, oh God, the, the people that have gone before us, the Christians that have gone to heaven, watching us, yeah, all these witnesses around us, oh God, they are around us and hoping and sharing us and hoping for us to succeed. Help us to actually succeed in this Christian ways. To the glory of your name, in Jesus' name, help us to succeed in this Christian ways. Help us to win the race, oh God. Let nothing make us fall, falter. Help us not to fall into the trap of the enemy, oh God. Help us to win in Jesus' name. Even as we will be praising you, as we will be studying the word of God, receive all the full glory. Let the glory not go to man. Let the glory not go to me. Let the glory not go to anybody. But Lord Jesus, receive all the glory concerning our lives, concerning our study today, O oh God. 
We love you, oh God, and help us to love you more and more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So I welcome you all to another Bible study. But before we start, I would like us to take our hymn. So let's take our hymn along. And our hymn today is Praise Him, Praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. So today we will be continuing our study on 
Daniel 11. Last week we started um, Daniel 11 and we're using the Old King James Version. We saw a lot of interesting insights and revelations about the Word of God. And before I go into Daniel 11, I want to remind us to always praise God. And that's why we sang, praise him, praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. He suffered and bled and died for us. And if you're new to this Bible study, I want you to know that it's very important that you not only be a Christian, but you are born again. So what does it mean to be born again? We all know what it means to be born again. We've talked about it in our previous Bible studies on YouTube. We talk about it on our Podroom app. If you want to go back to listen to it, what does it mean to be born again? In John 3, we got to know that the Bible says that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And when Nicodemus was confused, Jesus said, except a man be born of water and the spirit of God, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We define what it meant to be born of water. And being born of water is not about water baptism. Being born of water is being born of the living water. It means that some new water is born in you and that is the water of life and that is the new life and then we connected that verse to the Samaritan woman by the well that Jesus offered her the living water so that that is what it means to be born of water when Jesus gives birth to the new life in you you need this new life and it happens when God himself has nailed your old man to the cross. So when Adam and Eve sinned, everybody got the old man. The old man, he loves to sin. He's obedient to Satan. He's under the bondage of Satan. But when you come to Jesus and God sees your heart, and sees that you're serious and and sees that oh this person is really sorry and wants the new life is thirsty after god has nailed the old man to the cross jesus gives birth to this new life in you and then it can be said that you are born of water and as you continue to read god's word you can continue to fill yourself with this water and is the word the word um the word that is Jesus starts to live in you. The new life lives in you. That Jesus gives live in you. The word renews your mind. The word washes your heart. So continue to read your, the word of God and continue to grow. That is the food of this new life. The new life continues to grow and grow. And then it cannot stay in your heart anymore. And then there's this activation that happens. And then you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. It happens however the Holy Spirit likes. It can happen on the day you get the, the water of life. 
when you get this huge drum of pot of water that it cannot stay in you anymore and then the Holy Spirit activates then it begins to flow out and some people when they give their life to Christ they just burst out with speaking in tongues that means the Holy Spirit was also born on the same day new life was born in them and when the Holy Spirit was born in them got activated and it flowed out of them they got the gift of the spirit, they started speaking in tongues. Some um they got the fruit of the spirit and they needed to oh, they needed to build on this fruit and make it overflow so that it can burst out of them. I keep saying busting out because Jesus told us that the water that he gives us, when it gets to a time, it will become a fountain. So when you have you have amassed the word of God, you have read the word of God and it comes into your heart and the new life grows up, the water of life grows out and you cannot contain it anymore. But all you all you would now be doing or how the water will now have to flow out of you um like a fountain. Flowing out of you like a fountain. And that is the Holy Spirit activates this fountain. And then you begin to bear fruit and we connected it to Psalm one verse three that say understand from Psalm 1 verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sees in the seat of the scornful, for his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his Lord doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, when you read the word, the word of God every day, you are like a tree planted by the rivers of water because the word of God, Jesus, will continue to give you more water. Then you will then bear your fruit in the season. So when your the time comes for you to for this water to flow out of you like a fountain, you begin to burst out with the fruit of the spirit. You begin to bear your fruit in the season. You begin to bear fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness meekness, temperance, faith. Nine fruit of the spirit is one fruit has these nine parts and they begin to flow out of you. And that is how you are born again. You are born of water and the spirit of God. And we understand this through the word of God. And that is how you and I can defeat Satan. That's how you and I can, can live a righteous life in this world free of sin. When we continue to bear fruit, continue to be planted by the rivers of water, continue to um, refill this water because we're in the world and the water gets used by temptation, right? When we are tempted, we use this water, the word of God, to overcome. We need more. So that's why we always read the Bible. It's not once saved, forever saved. We need to continue being saved every day. Read the Bible, refill the water, and then always be on fire for God and let the Holy Spirit give way to the Holy Spirit which has been born in you, born of the Spirit, which has been born in you to come out of you, to show love, to show, to have faith, to have peace, remove anxiety from your life. And that is, and to, to have peace, to have joy, to remove depression from your life. Trust in the power of the word and the Holy Spirit to bring out the more of the word of God you read, 
the more this new life grows, the more it grows to an extent where you begin to bust out with joy instead of depression. Bust out with peace instead of anxiety. Bust out with love instead of wickedness and hatred and greed. Bust out with humility, that's meekness instead of pride. Bust out with faith instead of fear or sin, you know, because faith is what we use to overcome sin in the power of the name of Jesus. And the power to say no, that's grace. God has given us grace. All these things are things that God said we should grow in. All these things are the things that we'll be able to we would use to overcome the enemy in this in this world that we are in right now. Then spirit, we have temperance. Temperance means being moderate in everything, in our dressing, being moderate in our spending, being moderate, not being extravagant in our purchase. Purchases being moderate um, in our worldly ambition. Yes, I want to be great, right? Let's be moderate in everything and be in the middle, not extreme end of, oh, I'm going to like, like starve myself or I'm going to not wear perfume or I'm going to look ugly. No, or let's be in the middle, not in the other extreme. The, the, the left extreme is, I'm going to like not do all these worldly things, any any of the worldly things again, to the extent that you become a nuisance to society and people start avoiding you because you don't use the worldly toothpaste or you don't use the worldly perfume, <laughs> you know? So that's one extreme. And that extreme is that you start doing weird stuff that the Holy Spirit did not ask you to do, like you. I don't know what else we ask you to do, the extreme stuff, like maybe unnecessary surgery that you don't need that the Holy Spirit did not direct you to do just because you want to look good so like extremes don't go to this extreme don't go to that extreme be temperate be moderate the Holy Spirit will direct you not because the fruit is the spirit so the fruit is his fruit like the Holy Spirit owns the fruit of the spirit right so it's the Holy Spirit that will tell you how to be moderate and temperate and then we have so meekness, meekness is humility. We have faith, have faith in God. You have to read the word of God to the extent that you have the fruit of faith, the the part of that fruit called faith. Faith in God that God exists. Um, you don't have to argue with the big bang, the big bang chair and people, but you just have to know for yourself that God exists and God is powerful, the creator of the universe. And that's only when you can raise him higher than your problems. That's the only way you can raise him higher than your situation. And you can trust him for everything in life. Your, your marriage, your children, your health. You can always pray about everything. Everything. Because you trust him. And someone's saying that if you don't pray about something, if you are doing something and you have not prayed about it, that means you, you believe you can do it yourself and you don't need God. And that's pride. So, and sometimes we may even forget to pray about some things that we just feel like, what's there? I'm going for maybe a job interview, or I already read, I'm going for an exam. I know that the, this is the question that always comes out. I already practice it. And if you don't pray about it, that means you trust in yourself. And that is, that is pride, right? So that's why I say having faith can help us not to sin against God. Because it will help us not to be proud, help us to be humble. And you know, see that all the, the food are interlocked. Like, it's like 
I, I like it a little orange where the pulp tastes the same as the juice and the fiber tastes the same. So faith help you not to be proud, help you to be meek. So the same, the fruits are joined, like connected together to make one fruit. And then what else? Goodness, good to other people. The Bible says that accept your your righteousness is more than the righteousness of the Pharisees. We cannot be saved. So even though we say that we are saved by faith and we don't need to fast from times like the pagans do, you know, you see the people that fasting and the way the Jesus was telling the Pharisees that um the bridegroom so there's kind of a freedom and liberty in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm trying to talk about. That even though there is a liberty in Jesus Christ, there's no law anymore. There's no law that keeps you bound to bring tent a tent of your of your salary or keeps you bound to um those kind of rules that you cannot wear um <laughs> like like one of the people I'm following on Instagram said she said that in Deuteronomy there was a part in the Bible where they said, God said, I don't know how it is, but Jesus told us that Moses is the author of most of those laws that he said <laughs> he gave the Israelites. So Moses is the author of all these laws. Moses allowed them to divorce. Moses made a lot of things up, right? Moses gave you the law, right? So God permitted him to give them the law by right? the spirit that was um, in him at that time. But the law, whether it's God that gave it or Moses that gave it, that law says that if a man is, when a male is castrated, he cannot enter the church. And so you know that that is a funny law. So we're not under the law of when a male is castrated, doesn't have his voice anymore. He cannot go into the church. That's part of the law of Moses. We're not under that law because when Jesus Christ came, the curtain was torn in two. And we can enter into the church right now. And we can worship God. We don't need any middleman between us and God. Jesus has already made a way, right? We don't need a priest anymore. We don't need a pastor anymore. We don't need anyone. Whether you like it or not, we do not need a pastor to get to God. We just need Jesus to get to God. We come together just to have a leader to lead us into these things and to show us things because people are, and the Holy Spirit has given us some people gifts, so we want to benefit from that gift. So people have been giving gifts to teach, to preach, and we want to benefit from that gift. That's why we go to church to benefit from the gift of the pastor or the evangelist or the bishop. We go to the church to benefit from their gift. That said, why, why I came into this part is that the Lord, right, has his bondage, but there's liberty in Jesus Christ. So when there's liberty in Jesus Christ, even though there's liberty, Jesus is Jesus told his disciples that accept your righteousness, exceed that of the Pharisee, even with this liberty, you cannot you shall in no wise be saved. And we could read it if you want us to. So it says in Matthew five twenty. Please open your Bibles to Matthew five twenty. It says, "So I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, 
you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. So even though there is freedom in Christ Jesus, if you do not, if you are not righteous, even more than a Pharisee, you don't need to show it off what God is saying you. If you are not more righteous than them, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit, when you depend on your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He will teach us how to be righteous. You must exceed the Pharisees in righteousness. So don't say, okay, yes, I am I'm supposed not to, I'm not in bondage to pay 10% of my my salary to the church right now because now I'm no more under the law, I'm under grace. Remember that now that you're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can tell you to give 100% to the church or to the poor or to anybody. So like Jesus told the rich man that give, take all you have, sell it and give it to the poor, right? Jesus told him that and Jesus can tell you, Jesus can tell me that, right? You should be ready to do that. You should not be attached to your wealth. And notice that Jesus did not say, give it to the church. He said, give it to the poor. So Jesus can tell us to do anything, sell all we have, give it out. And our obedience, when we obey, then our righteousness even exceeds that of the Pharisees. In this new covenant, everything that we have is for God. All our salary, everything is for God. We have to just depend on God to lead us on how to spend it, how to use it. I don't just direct us on how to give, how to help others, how to be good. So we delved into this lesson because of that fruit of the Spirit called goodness. Be good to people. Follow the Holy Spirit direction to do good. And I always pray, God, please show me how to be good to people around me. I mean, follow your Holy Spirit to do good and not just spending my money and me, me, my family alone. No, help me to show kindness and be good to other people. Then gentleness, prayer. God, help me to be gentle. Gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit, it's already in you. It's already in me. It has to come out. It cannot come out if it's not big enough. <laughs> if it cannot contain, it has to not be able to contain us anymore and then come out. So our gentleness, it's like tiny gentleness, like a baby Jesus in us. When we keep reading the word of God, it just continues to grow. We have everything. We have all the fruit of the spirit in us, but they are not expressing themselves. But when we read the word of God, it grow, 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 and then bust out of us. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Flows out of us. So you're gentle. You have the tendency to be gentle because you have the new man. But you need to hunt it. You need to pray about it. You need to make read the word of God and let it grow. And then you begin, you begin to be gentle. And everybody sees that, oh, gentle girl, gentle lady, <laughs> gentle man. And you'll be a real gentleman. And then um, what else? So we have seen love, joy, peace, faith, meekness, um, temperance, gentleness. It means two more, which is patience. Okay, we've seen goodness. So, patient, be patient. Pray that God will help us be patient, enduring, endurance. Yeah. So that is that is it. And let's go to our lesson today. Our lesson today is Daniel eleven. We read um Daniel eleven, verse one to twenty twenty. 
Yeah, last one to 21 last week. So we're going to continue from 21 till the end by God's grace this week. So let me quickly share my screen as we read Daniel 11. So we read from Daniel 1. If you missed the last lesson, please go to the channel, the last episode, and watch it. It's about Daniel 11 and listen to it. And I think God will help us all. We stopped in a place where, okay, so let me just do a brief recap of Daniel 11. Daniel 11 is explanation of, is the explanation of Daniel 8. This, the fact that we know that Daniel 11 is the explanation of Daniel 8 is a huge revelation in itself. And it is super cool. Like super cool, the fact that I understand Daniel 11. That is beautiful. And do you know the funniest part of it? This part is supposed to be locked up until the time of the end. So it's a little bit scary that the fact that I understand it means this is the time of the end. Anyway, so um, we are in verse 21 and I understand it, meaning that this is the time of the end. Because that, that's when, when people will get to understand it at the time of the end. That's a, some scary thing. And in his estate, that is the estate of the Roman Empire, as we saw last week, there shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And we saw what flatteries mean. So we are reading Daniel eleven twenty two now. And last week we likened this person. We said this person was Nero Caesar. Because he killed the prince of the covenant. That is Paul, right? So, and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown before him. Verse 22. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown before him and shall be broken. Yea, also the prince of the covenant. So, um, let me see. I'm reading King James Version. Is the old King James Version? Yeah, and also the Prince of the Covenant. So this part, we saw that Paul was killed by them. Caesar, and we concluded that this is, and we read other versions as well. They said a priest, a covenant priest. So if you should read, let's say, Living Bible, Daniel eleven twenty two in Living Bible, it says that then all oppositions will be swept away before him, including a leader of the priests. So that's Paul, a leader of the priests. And so let's keep reading in our King James Version. Um, we saw this man, Nero Caesar, he came to the position, he was adopted by, he was adopted and then how can an adopted child be the, how can an adopted child be the, Caesar, the reigning world power at that time, which is interesting. And God said it that he's, he, he's not in line for royal succession. So in another version, it says he's not in line for royal succession. In King James, he said, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom. He's not in line. <laughs> he's not a king anywhere. 
So we, we read Wikipedia and saw that he was adopted. Daniel eleven twenty three, And you notice that in our Bible studies, I keep repeating stuff. It's for you to know it in your head by yourself. Because it's the word of God. You need to repeat it a lot before it sticks into your heart. You need to meditate on it. So I'm telling you all these things, all the episodes are being like, I'm trying to, there's like an intersection between each episode, like reoccurring things. I'm trying to repeat things so that we can know it forever. It's easy to forget. We saw, I don't like to start again, but starting from the dream in Daniel 7, every dream is the same. It's just different parts of the big picture. Daniel saw four beasts, the four beasts, the king of the north, south, east and west, those are the four beasts, and the last beast to become powerful is the Antichrist guy. And so from the last beast shall come ten presidents, and then a little one shall kill three of the ten presidents. That's Daniel 7's dream. Daniel each dream added a foundation to this four beasts. He says there is a goat, there's gonna be a battle between goat and a ram. The ram is Media and Persia, the goat is Greece. And then from the Greece, the, the Greece will win the battle. And when the Greece wins the battle, so when these are this, so when Greece, these are the four beasts, right? That we saw in, in that Daniel saw in Daniel 7. Daniel 8 talks about a goat and a ram. They fight each other and they destroy each other. The Greece wins the battle, but the Greece horn is broken and these four beasts arise. And now we've seen in Daniel 8, we're just talking about the timing of this, this little horn guy and all the things he would do. In Daniel 10, came with a word and understanding. The word is Daniel, I love you. The understanding was now told to us in Daniel 11. So I'm giving you a short summary. So don't forget, know it in your mind, even when the Bible is going to be taken away in the future. I don't know if that will be or not. Know it for yourself. This is the explanation of Daniel, the book of Daniel, the dreams that Daniel saw. Very easy. Now this fourth is, we've seen the activities of the king of the north and south in Daniel 11. The king of the east and west are quiet. They don't, they don't show any, um, they don't say anything. In fact, the king of the east is so weak, we don't even know, we don't hear anything about it. We just hear that whenever the, the king of the north wants to, um, or the king of the south took his idols to Egypt, that's the east, right? Took his idols to Egypt. And that's all we hear about the east. But the west was still coming for that guy. And so let's keep reading. We see in Daniel 11, we're talking about the king of the north and south, the, their kingdoms and how they evolved from, from the first king of north and south, how, which one, sometimes the king of the south was the one dominating. So we saw that in Daniel 11 verse 1 till this time, sometimes the king of the south would dominate and then they were just fighting against that for the world power. However, something significant happened and it changed to Rome. Rome began to rule. I'm not sure where Rome is. Maybe it's from north or south. I'm not sure. 
but I know that Rome took over the power of the king of the north and in terms of world power. And then he's a raiser of taxes for Israel. And then after this Rome or the people that was ruling around this time died, in his estate, a vile man came up and then we mapped it to Nero Caesar. And then he killed Paul, which is Daniel 11.22. And Daniel 11.23, we continue to see all the activities of this bad man. And so it says, And after the league made with him, he shall walk deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. So he shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province and he shall do that which his fathers have not done. I'm reading Daniel 11, 24. Now his father's fathers, he shall scatter among them the prey and the spoil and riches here, and he shall sarcastic his devices against the strongholds even for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south. So for a time, you know, time in the Bible is for a year. So something's going to happen where he shall focus his devices. His devices against the strongholds even for a year. 25 says, Daniel 11, 25 says, And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a great and mighty army, but he shall not stand. So the king of the south is trying to fight against this narrow Caesar, but he shall not stand. And they shall focus devices against him. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him. That is, the king of the south shall be destroyed, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. Slain. Daniel eleven twenty seven. And both of these king's hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. But it shall do mischief, but it shall not prosper. Somebody is trying to tell me that this is the first time the devil is trying to take over the world through this man, this vile, vile man called Nero Caesar. Vile man called Nero Caesar. And I'm sure that during the time of Paul too, they'll be thinking that, oh, this is the Antichrist that Daniel, which they had access to at that time, was talking about because um, this this um, man, it says, the king shall do mischief. It shall be in their heart to do mischief. It shall speak lies and want to do, but their lies, whatever they're trying to do, will not prosper because the end shall be at the time appointed. So maybe they are trying to end the world, but it shall not prosper because that end, you see that God plans stuff. That end, the end of the world, shall be at the time that God has appointed. So even though this vile man, Nero Caesar, was trying to end this world, the world at this time, it's it did not work. Daniel eleven twenty eight. Then shall he return 
into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy people, holy covenant. So this is another time, let's see, this is one time the heart of this vile man is against the holy people of God. It's against the holy people of God. And the Antichrist is going to be against the holy people of God. So I want you to see a similarity in the spirits of this Nero Caesar vile man, which they are still talking about. And his heart shall be against the holy covenant. That's the Christians, the children of God. And we can confidently call them Christians because this is after Jesus, right? After Jesus has died and resurrected, after Jesus came on earth, after Jesus came to die for us on earth. This happened afterwards. So, and he shall do exploits and return to his land. Now, Mark Daniel 11, 28 in your Bible as a time where at, at, at a time where he shall the first time his heart will be set against the people of the holy covenant. So now he's not even set against just one prince, like he's not set against just Paul, like he had he killed Paul, right? He killed one covenant prince. But now He's set against the holy covenant, the people, the, the, the holy people of God, right? He's set against godly stuff, Christianity stuff, Jesus stuff. The heart is set against Jesus and Jesus stuff. And he shall do exploits and return to his own land. So he returned to his own land. 29, Daniel 11, at the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south. But it shall not be as the former or the later. So now, listen now. 29, it's saying that this man shall return. He shall return. I want you to know Daniel eleven twenty nine. 29. He shall return. So this is something in me is telling me he shall return, but not as Nero Caesar. He shall return as somebody else in history. So Nero Caesar was against the holy people of God. He did exploit. He returned to his own land. Daniel eleven twenty nine. Now at the time appointed, he shall return again and come toward the south. But it shall not be as the last time. He did something the last time, right? He was against the holy covenant. But after some time, he returned to his own land. And now he shall return. But the return is not going to be like the last time, right? Like the former or as the later. So he's going to return a third time, the later. So this is, the, Daniel eleven twenty nine is telling us that this one is returning a second time. The return is not going to be as the first time. Neither is it going to be as the third time, right? His return shall not be like the former time, the first time. It shall not also be as the third time. And this third time, I'm telling you, is our time. The time, the third time. This evil, vile man in history will stand up against the Holy Covenant, will stand up against the children of God. The Antichrist will stand up against the Christians. This is the third time, the later time here. 
So please follow these verses closely. So now we are seeing the second time. It's going to describe it. 29 and 30. Daniel 11, 29, 30, 30 is going to describe the way this man is going to behave the second time he comes. So at the time appointment, he shall return and turn towards the south. That's the first thing he's going to do in a different way from the first time he came and the third time which he will come. For the sheep of Shittim shall come against him the second time. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return and have indignation. So the second time, something's going to happen to this new vile man, right? You see that note that in between Narcissa and this second return, there might be many kings and kingdoms that happen between this time that the Bible did not talk about. But listen, we are shining, the Bible is shining a torchlight on this vile man and his spirit. And the spirit came a first time and did something bad against the Holy Covenant in Daniel 11, 28. Now he's returning the second time in Daniel 11, 30. And he's having indignation here in 30 against the Holy Covenant again. So shall he do, he shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the Holy Covenant. So he's going to use intelligence, you know, artificial intelligence, worldly intelligence with people that hate Christians, people that forsake Jesus, the unbelievers, right? It's going to have an anger against the holy people. And the only person coming to my heart right now that had anger against the holy people of God is Hitler. That's the second person in history after Nero Caesar, where Nero Caesar destroyed the, the children of God, threw them to lions and Having had indignation against the Holy Covenant, Daniel 11, 29, I'm sorry, 28. Now, Daniel 11, 30, this, I'm not sure, is Hitler, but this is, whoever is this second person that is against Jesus' children, against God's children, against the Holy Covenant, this person is against the Holy Covenant. Let's keep going by the Spirit of God. If there's any correction to be made with this revelation, I believe that God would show it to us so this is what is coming to my spirit now so the second time is coming against the holy covenant is in daniel eleven thirty, and i think this has already happened and i believe this happened during hitler's time daniel eleven thirty says that therefore the sheep of tashish shall come against him and he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the people of the holy covenant yes now so shall he do. He shall even return. <laughs> so, so this, I think the, the second and the third persecution of the people of the Holy Covenant is in 11.30, where he says he shall even return the third time, all right? So the first time he came, Daniel 11.28. The second time he returned, Daniel 11.29 and 30 B.A. Daniel 11. Verses 29 and 30a. That's the first sentence of Daniel 11.30. Then Daniel 11 verses 30b is the third time this one will return and shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the Holy Covenant. Right? He shall have intelligence. Right? So in it last time, probably was not any intelligence. I figure it helps me to understand this part in Jesus' name. And we are doing this Bible study together. So... We're doing this Bible study together. 
We're going to learn it together. We're going to understand it together. And the Holy Spirit will teach us together. So now it says here that, and, and they shall place a thing. So now it says, 30 verse, 11 verse 30 be, so shall he do, and he shall return a third time and have intelligence. So we are talking about AI with them that forsake the holy covenant. So they're going to be AI with unbelievers, right? And 31, an arm shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. You see that is this same spirit that returned, that came first in Narcissa, destroyed Paul and the Holy Covenant in Daniel 11.28, came second in Hitler by the Spirit of God that is telling me what to say right now. Um, Daniel 11.30, verse 30a, then the third time he would come, Daniel 11.30b, with intelligence, with unbelievers, and in Daniel 11.31, he shall do all the work of the little horn. So the third time he's coming, is going to come as the little horn, as we have as we have been reading that this are the activities of the little one in Daniel 9. We read it together. And this is the activity, his activities. The third time he's going to come, his spirit is going to come. That's his, his, although he's in different body, physical body, but that spirit is coming three different times in history. And this third time, Daniel 11.31, it says, An arm shall stand on his part, that is, he shall, he shall have support from the army, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. So they shall pollute the sanctuary. So let us keep like praying about this part. He shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that make it desolate. So, and in, in Daniel 8 or 9, it says, the abomination that make it desolate will stand in the holy place. In the holy place, that's the temple of God, right? So, they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, right? So, let's make, let's get this thing clearly. Let's say they pollute the sanctuary of strength and take away the disciples and place the abomination that is in the holy place, that's our body's temple. So, God will keep giving us revelations, but I understand one of these three things. So there are three things here. Pollute the sanctuary of strength. We have to clearly understand that. Take away the daily sacrifice. We have to clearly understand that. Place the abomination that make it desolation in the holy place. I'm adding the holy place because that's what it says in Daniel. And we can go and read it now so that um it will be clear to everyone that he's actually placing the abomination of desolation in the holy place. So Jesus that said it, right? So let me read it. Let me share my screen now and share it with you. I'm reading Daniel. Sorry, I'm reading Matthew 24, the origin of this study on Daniel, because Jesus instructed us to go check it out. Daniel 24, 15. It says, so when you see standing in the holy place, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. So when you see that they are putting abomination that causes desolation in the holy place, that's your body, the temple of God, right? 
So when you see that they're putting the abomination across the solution, the holy place, it could be, they could put it in any part of the holy place. But Revelation showed, told, tells us that uh, it's the mark is going to be on the right hand and the forehead. Right? We don't know. Maybe it's going to be given in any part of the body just to confuse us, but it will reflect on the right hand and the forehead. Maybe they have a technology for that to make it stay in the right hand forehead, make the mark stay in the right hand and the forehead, but it could be given in any part of the body so that it can confuse and show off people and say, that's not the mark of the beast. It's not given in the right hand. It's not given in the forehead. That's not the mark of the beast. They can deceive you. They know the Bible has told you. They know Jesus has told you. You need the extra Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to tell you what the wiles of the enemy is, right? They would not purposely, they might not purposely say right on the forehead. Jesus told us that when you see this abomination that causes desolation in the holy place, and now the holy place is not a temple, Jesus has torn the the curtain into two. There's no one temple that's the holy place. The holy place now is our temple, our bodies, the temple of God. So Jesus is telling us that when you see the abomination that causes desolation that Daniel talked about, standing in your body, standing in the holy place in many Christians' body, in many Christians' body, let the reader understand. When they want to put this abomination in your body, when you see, understand. So let us read. Um, let's continue reading. Where, um, yeah, the, so this president, this ruler that has come before the first time and persecuted Paul, persecuted the children of God, came again the second time, destroyed the holy people of God, and I'm guessing Hitler will come a third time in history and have intelligence with unbelievers. And then pollute the sanctuary, which we'll soon get understanding and revelation about. Take away the daily sacrifice. And this third one, I know it for sure, Lord Spirit has told me, place abomination and make a desolation in our bodies, as we just read. And Jesus told us to go check out Daniel. We talked about it. And now God is making us understand it. And such as do wickedly against the holy covenant shall he corrupt. So all the wicked people, all the sinners, all the celebrities that you see today that are not you children of God, they are wicked, they are weird. All these people, he shall corrupt them by flatteries, shall flatter them. You see, it's the same spirit. The guy is a flatterer. He flattered an adopted child. An adopted child flattered his way to become the world ruler, right? Flattery is his Flattery, insincere praises. It shall praise all the wicked people that are against Christians. It shall praise them. Insincere praises. The same flattery it used to become the world ruler. It used to become the Caesar. It's the same flattery it used to become the second ruler, most likely Hitler. It's the same flattery it would use in the third time. To corrupt the unbelievers by flattery. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploit. Now, these people, the, the Christians, you and I, you know your God. Do you know your God? That's the question. 
Do you know who your God is? It's not only about what God is going to do for you. It's not only about what... Do... In my life, I don't know. I, I shifted somehow to this realm that I am right now. I shifted from a Christian that have like a list of prayer points that I want God to do for me in the paper. And I'll take it to church. And the pastor will tell me to step on it, to put the, the paper down and step on it and pray on it and pray on it and step on it. I shifted from that kind of Christian to this kind of Christian where all I am just doing is how to read my Bible, how to pray, how to do God's will, how to bear fruit, how to identify the evil property of the enemy which I need to mortify in my life, how to mortify it by reading the word of God and prayer. How to then bear fruit to replace that evil, evil work of the flesh in my life. When I started focusing on these things, I discovered that I don't have a list anymore. Because even before the list become a list, they they are already being answered. Like even be, even before they, I have so much mountains in front of me. God is already pulling them down for me when I when I am focusing on the Word of God. When I know focusing on knowing God more. The, the Bible says this is eternal life. Knowing God and Jesus whom he has sent. So when I focus on knowing my God, knowing God, they that know their God, I am begging God, Lord, I want to know you more. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and fellowshipping in, in his suffering, being made conformed to his death. Now, and we already said in this Bible study that suffering for Christ is like the highest form of knowing God. Uh, not the highest, but a high, a very high level of knowing God is when you suffer for him. So now, knowing God, if you know your God, you shall be strong in order to suffer for him at this end time, right? Because we're in this end time that this man has come. He hates you. No matter how fine you are, rich you are, intelligent you are, he's not going to... It's not gonna. It's not. It will not have intelligence with you, <laughs> even if you are a computer scientist like I am. He's not gonna have intelligence with me. He's gonna have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. He's gonna have intelligence with the worldly people, with the sinners. He's not gonna choose us. He's of the world. He's the little horn. He's antichrist. He's gonna work and flatter all the wicked people, but we that know our God. We are the only one that can have that power to be strong and suffer for him because suffering for Christ is a high level of knowledge of God. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's good. That's a new man living in you, right? Your old man is dead. The new man lives. Christ resurrected in you, right? The fellowship of his suffering, that's another level of Level of knowing God. So those that know that their God to that level shall be strong and do exploit. They shall not run away from persecution. They shall suffer. They, they know the God, their God to an extent of suffering for him. Fellowship of a suffering being made conform to his death. He's going to suffer for God, die for God, and attain the resurrection from the dead. See that? When Jesus comes, the whole of us, whether we are alive at rapture or we are already dead, we shall resurrect with him in glory. 
So my brothers and sisters, if you know your God, you shall be strong and suffer for him at that time. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many as I am instructing you right now. As people like my daddy, people like Brabiliakani are instructing people right now. They that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword. They shall suffer persecution. They shall suffer by the flame. They shall fall by the flame. This is the time where God might not deliver us like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from flames. This is a time where God might not deliver us from the mouth of the lions. This is a time of real persecution where they shall fall by the sword, fall by, by flame. Some will be captured. Some will become spoils for many days. Many days. And Daniel chapter, based on the diagram that we drew, Daniel chapter 7, 8, 9 tells us that these many days are three and a half years. Three and a half years that we will be persecuted, falling by the sword, by flame, by captivity, by spoil. Now, Daniel eleven thirty four. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. We shall receive help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. So many shall try to... Let's read this in another verse because I don't understand this. In another version, because I don't understand this statement. Daniel 11.34, let's read it in Living Bible. I like Living Bible. So Holy Spirit, please give us interpretation. Daniel 11 verse 34 says that eventually these pressures will subside. That is, will be helped. Even though there's three and a half years of suffering. Oh, let's read from 34 because it sounds interesting. Those with spiritual understanding, as I said, like me, like my daddy, like Babile and some other pastors, will have a wide ministry of teaching in those days. Oh my God. So teaching, teaching, teaching the end time understanding, teaching the truth how to live a holy life. So those with spiritual understanding will be the ones that, obviously, people like this video now, if it's not taken down, will be the one people will be looking for. Like, I want to know, I want to know what's going to happen, what's happening, what's happening? Is this the Antichrist? Is this, everybody will want to know this teaching about the end time. When that time comes, they will be like, where is this? So those people with spiritual understanding will have a wild ministry of teaching in those days. Why ministry? Everybody wants to hear them. Everybody wants to hear what I'm saying right now. Like, oh, what's going to happen at the end? Everybody wants to hear it. But they will be in constant danger. That's scary. Many of them dying by fire and sword or being jailed and robbed. Eventually, these pressures will subside, praise God, and some ungodly men will come. Pretending to offer a helping hand only to take advantage of them. So God will give us wisdom now to be careful of. I'm very tempted to read this Daniel 11 in Living Bible because it's so simple and easy to understand. But you can go ahead and read Daniel 11 Living Bible. I want to stick to um, King James Version. 
for a number of reasons. For consistency, mostly for consistency. Um, so let's keep going. We've gotten the understanding. It says that um, they they will try to the Daniel eleven thirty. 34 says that it will not be that we will receive a little help. This suffering will subside and we shall be helped with a little help. But many people will come trying to help us, but they are actually trying to take advantage of us. So we should be careful of those. So many shall play to them with flatteries. So when you just see flatteries, just know that this is. You just see flatteries in this end time. Just know that it's the, it's the activity of the little aunt. That same man that flattered to get his way to become their Caesar is the same man that flattered to, that will flatter and flatter the wicked people to join him to persecute us. So, but many shall cleave to them by flatteries. 35. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to parch them and to make them white. So some of understanding shall fall. Now this is looking like not fall by the sword, maybe fall into sin. I don't know. Shall fall to try them and to purge them. God will give us understanding. But if you are going to fall to purge, to purge and to make them white. Now purging, as you read in, in, in um, John 15, when God prunes us, right? So let me let me read John fifteen. It says that um, it proves. It says, "I am the I am the vine. Jesus is the vine, and my Father is the gardener or the husbandman. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So he prunes so that it will be much fruit more fruitful." So now, let us see other meanings of pruning. Pruning, like in Living Bible, says what? Prune, it still uses the word prune. Okay, let's go to one more. Let's say the message. What does prune mean? Prune. It prunes. It prunes. I thought we'll see a place where they said prune means purge. So if prune doesn't mean purge, I'm telling you, this is a Bible study, so we're going to learn together. And the Holy Spirit will do the ultimate work. So everywhere it says it prunes. So um, if we should read Hodge here, it says, And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, and to purge them, to, to cut them, to remove them, as we saw, like to remove, to exclude. To evict. Is God trying to like clean up his church like and to make them white? So there are some stains, right? And their falling will help them become white. Let me read this um Daniel eleven verse thirty five in Living Bible. It's another interpretation of the um, maybe Aramic or Hebrew that Daniel was speaking at that time. 
So Daniel 11, 34 says that um, eventually these pressures will subside. Okay, yeah. Verse 35 says that, and some who are most gifted in things of God will stumble. So stumble means will fall in those days and fall. But this will only refine and cleanse them. So maybe they will fall into sin, right? They will fall, but they will be refined. They will be cleansed. They will ask God for forgiveness. So some people will sin. I don't know how this is, but it's just to cleanse them and make them pure until the final end of their trials as God's so appointed time. So they are still going through persecution. They're still going through persecution, but they will fall. They will fall into sin. Even the most gifted people, most gifted in things of God. That's the problem. It says gifted. See, gifts in this life, in this Christian journey, strive to have all the fruits overflowing with fruits rather than gift of the Spirit. If you don't have the gifts, I mean, if you have the gift without the fruit, you're going to fall. There's no way. So all the people that are gifted, all the pastors that are seeing that are raising the dead, if they don't have the nine fruit of the Spirit, they will fall. If they don't have temperance, if they don't have all this faith, all these nine gifts of the uh, fruit of the Spirit, they will fall. If they are not good, humble, if they are not peaceful, patient, tolerant, um, gentle, if they don't have faith, anything that is not faith is sin. If they are sinful, if they don't have God, if they don't have grace, they would fall. Those people that are most gifted in the things of God. I pray God will help me not to fall. I pray that God will give me grace to overcome sin and Satan. In Jesus' name, amen. And Bible says, take heed, lest you fall. So them of understanding shall fall just to make them better, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for an appointed time. See, the end has not come. Even when this persecution, this tribulation, Jesus calls it the great tribulation, the rapture has not taken place, brothers and sisters. Even while this little one, this man of sin, this person, we know he's the little one because God has told us in Daniel 7, 8, 9, that is the little one that will do all these activities in Daniel eleven thirty one. So this little one has come and yet and yet the rapture has not taken place and some of us will fall and but if we are going to stand up I pray I won't be part of people that fall but God will help us in Jesus name and stand strong. So um let's keep going don't go mind thirty six Daniel 11, 36, and the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and shall magnify himself above every God. Now, this is the time that he is trying to try God. He is trying to bring his hand speedily to pass because Daniel 7 has told us that when he starts, when that little horn with mouth like a human and eyes like a human with his big mouth starts speaking boastfully, Blasphemies against God. That is when Jesus Christ comes and destroys him with the brightness of his coming, as Second Thessalonians 2 told us. So now he has started doing more than himself. He has started passing his boundary. And what how 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 would he do that? Daniel 11:39. When he starts doing this thing, he shall do in the most where am I? 
Daniel 11 verse 36, I mean, and the king shall do according to his will. You see, they still call him the king, the king of the world, the world power at that time. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. My God is the God of gods with an uppercase G and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. So he shall continue speaking boastfully, boastful things against Jesus, against God, until when the wrath of God has gotten to the peak, right? For that, that, for that, that is determined shall be done. Daniel eleven thirty seven. Neither shall he regard the gods of his fathers. Not you see the god of his fathers. You see, um, America on the on the on the dollar bill it says in God we trust. But now, the Antichrist spirit is here. They do not regard the god of their fathers. They do not regard the god of the people that established that in God we trust on the dollar bill. If if not that something is holding them back, they would have removed in God we trust because they do not trust in God. So um, this Antichrist and the Antichrist spirits will not trust in the God of the Father. So that is how we know that the Antichrist spirit is already here. They do not trust in the God of your ancestors, God of your fathers, not the desire of women. So you shall not desire women. He shall desire men, homosexual, nor regard any God. He shall magnify himself above all. Oh God, come on, help us. So this guy, this little horn that you see, will not love women. He will love a man, a king loving a man, homosexual. And that is what, it's not my word. It is the Bible. And I believe the Bible. So don't come for me. <laughs> It is the Bible, the word of God. I say in this right now. We love everybody. My stand again, um, my stand with the people of the world is that I love you because God loves you and wants you to be saved. All the things you're doing, the bad things that are against the word of God, according to Romans 1, where, where God said that a man, um, having sexual intercourse with a man and a woman having sexual intercourse with a woman is wrong. According to the Bible, that is a sin. But I love everybody. And um, I believe and I pray that when the power of God comes upon you, when salvation is revealed unto you, God will give you the power to live above sin and repent and come back to Christ. But no discrimination. We love you equally. We're going to be kind to you. We're going to do everything the Holy Spirit asks us to do to the sinners. But we are not going to take part in their acts. We're not going to take part in their evil, their homosexual, whatever they're doing. We're not going to take part in them, but we love them. We don't discriminate against them. We love them. So that is God's stand. Um, God's stand in relating to your neighbors that uh, doing things that are contrary to what the Bible says we should do, we should do doing things that are against what God says we should do. Our stand is to love them, pray for them, care for them, give them, help them, but don't take part in what they are doing because that's a sin against God. Amen. So, um, 
show them love and pray for them. So this man of sin who's going to be a homosexual, not going to love women, not going to love any God, he shall magnify himself above all. 38, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds and with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. So this little horn is going to be increasing with glory um, by worshipping Satan. Obviously, I don't even need anybody to tell me that this God that the Father has not known is Satan. And then thus shall he do the... Okay, and he shall cause them to rule over many, right? Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. He shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. Daniel eleven forty, And at the time of the end shall the king of the south shut him. So the king of the south will be like, Who's this new king doing nonsense, persecuting the Christians, doing all those things, speaking against God, this, that, that. And the king of the south will push at him, will come to fight against him. And guess what? The king of the north, too, will be like, who is this king, man? We have been the one, we have been the world ruler. We are the king of the south. Once we were the world rulers, we, the king of the north, has always been a world ruler. Who is this king? that shall come that is here right now but they will try to fight against him and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind so this little one coming from nowhere whose spirit has come twice before will be fought against by the king of the south and king of the north with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over <laughs> So, king of the south and north shall be against him. And from our, our record, our, our, our studies, we've seen that this king is the last king, is the last of the four beasts, the fourth beast. And we know all the things the fourth beast would do. The fourth beast or the fourth kingdom would have ten presidents. The ten presidents... Among the ten presidents, this little one will come. You see that this Daniel 11 did not talk about all these things because he has already talked about, it. already showed Daniel this vision in the previous chapters. So we have to merge everything together to make one big picture. So the fourth kingdom is the kingdom where the little one is going to come from. But before the little one, there will have been ten presidents. The little one will come and kill three presidents and take their place. And then start doing the abomination that causes desolation, standing in a holy place, doing all those things, and you see how it goes. But so that's the fourth kingdom. Whereas I told you the, the kingdom of the east, that's Africa, is silence, always silence, <laughs> right? The king of the north and south were the only ones that had the power to push against this king. And I believe that since they said since the kingdom of the east is silence, kingdom kingdom of north and south uh, were the ones ruling before. This little one is coming from the west. So that's the West, Western horn, Western horn of the goat. Amen. So let he that hear it understand. Start from the, the Bible study episode, Daniel uh, End Time Study Part 1, 
and you will understand all the things we are saying. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, where are we? Um, now, we saw in Daniel 11.40 how the king of the south and the north will be angry with this guy and try to fight against him. 41, he shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown, but this shall escape out of his hand. So many countries will be overthrown. He would enter into the glorious land, that's Israel. Then many countries in the glorious land area will be overthrown. Edom will be over... Wait, now listen. Some of this kingdom in the glorious land shall escape out of his hand. Edom will escape out of his hand. So whatever Edom is today, I don't know if Edom is Palestine or the, the Gaza. I don't know. But Edom, whatever Edom is today on the map, will escape from the Antichrist's hand. Moab will escape. And the chief of the children of Ammon will escape. Daniel 11.42, guess what? He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries. And the land of Egypt shall not escape. Africa shall not escape. From the hand of the Antichrist, Egypt shall not escape. Oh, sorry, Africa. What are you going to do about this, right? Now, let me tell you what is going to be done to Africa by the Antichrist. Daniel 11.43. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver in Africa. Africa is beautiful. The Africa is beautiful. It has a lot of precious things. Gold, silver petroleum products so but this antichrist shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over the precious things of egypt and the libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps so africa shall be like bowing down to this this um this antichrist but by god's grace all the christians in africa will stand for god and will not bow down to the antichrist anyway the Libyans, Ethiopians, Egyptians they shall be on the, at the steps of this little one. Now, Daniel 11, 44. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. Daniel eleven forty five. And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end. And we know how he's going to end. Second Thessalonians has told us, Daniel has told us that when the ancient of days came, that's when he was destroyed. When rapture took place, that's when he was destroyed. Second Thessalonians told us that when Jesus comes for us in rapture, God, Jesus will destroy him by the brightness of his coming. So yet he shall come to his end and nobody shall help him out of Jesus' hand. Nobody can help anybody that Jesus is determined to destroy. So this is the end of Daniel 11. And I am sure by the power of the Holy Spirit that this verses, as many, I pray that as many as listen to these Bible studies, that God will also open your eyes so that you can instruct other people because it's coded and only if God opens your eyes to see, then you would understand. What should you do as a Christian at this point in time? That is a question for you. With all the things we have said, 
what should you do? The answer is in Daniel 11.32. Before I tell you the answer, you can pause this video and think about what we should do. Did you pause the video? <laughs> okay. What should you do as a Christian if you, in case you would find yourself in that time when the little horn will come, you need to know your God. You need to have eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God and Jesus whom he has sent. In order for you to be strong to suffer by and die by sword and flame and not say, oh, I'm not doing it again. I'm not a Christian again. No, God forbid. In order for you to stand for God and continue to be a Christian and continue to love Jesus and suffer for Jesus, you need to know God to the extent of fellowshipping with him in suffering. You need to know your God. But the people that know their God are the only ones that shall be strong and do exploit and shall be strong and suffer for God. Exploits means suffering. The exploits for God is do they are going to suffer for God because this is exploits. Trying to suffer for God, trying to like not renouncing God, even in the face of sword, somebody wants to chop off your head, not renouncing God, that is exploits for God. So we've come to the end of this Bible study, and I just want to pray for us now and asking God to help us to know Him in this time, knowing to the extent that we can suffer for Him, knowing Him first and forget about our daily needs because. They will be done. All other things shall be added. Even as we focus, the list will disappear. He will solve it for us. It's the least of our trouble when we know God. And like me, if you are seeing one thing in your life that is not being solved, even as you, you read the word of God and pray, you can take it up to him and you say that, God, if you can show me revelations, you can fix this aspect of my life. I am focusing on your word and understanding your word. If you can show me these revelations, you can heal, you can you can provide, you can do this. And he will do it by the grace of God. He will begin that work. You can challenge him that if you can give me this revelation, then you can you can do other other aspects of my life. And in those times, he wants you to literally ask him and he will do it for you. Ask and you will see. But the truth is that you don't need to worry. You don't need to have a list and start like crying over the list or stepping on the list and just stress striving and stressing yourself and being anxious. No, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek to know God more by reading his word, by praying to him, by, by doing his will and receiving from him and hearing from him. And that, that will be the way you will grow and be strong in him and know him more in Jesus' name. Amen. So Father, I thank you for everyone that has been listening today i ask so oh god that you would give us the grace to know you more help us to seek first your kingdom so that all other things shall be added unto us like divine health like food clothing shelter like like health no diseases no sicknesses no no plagues no famine no pestilence shall come close to all the monkey bosses the the coronaviruses the the um, polio and all these things that they are discovering right now will not come close to us in Jesus' name because we would seek first your kingdom and you will add divine help to our, our lives. You will add blessings, riches, enjoyment, love and grace and um, great marriages, oh God, great children, oh God, breakthroughs, favor in our workplaces of work, oh God, and the power to be strong and do exploit for you and stand even in times of persecution, oh God. We would have these gifts, Lord. We would have this, this 
these blessings, oh God, when we continue to read your word, Lord, help us to seek to know you, continue to read your word, oh God, help us to do your will, oh Lord, help us to love you and seek to know you and spend time with you and worship you and praise you, oh God, help us to soak ourselves in you and be, form, be abide in you like the branch, oh God, abide in you, oh Lord, attached to you, permanently attached to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We are covered with the blood of Jesus. Receive the glory, Lord. Give us our testimony. Whatever we are asking you for, oh God, even as we are abiding in you and reading your word and growing in you, Lord, fix all these areas of our life, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Rebuke the powers of darkness of our lives, Lord. Disconnect us from connections of darkness in Jesus' name. And cover us with the blood of Jesus. And when you come in glory, O oh God, help us to be found in your kingdom. Give us long life, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. So I thank you for tuning in this week to the Bible study. Till next meeting, God be with you. Bye. Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode.